0: Love Talks Radio.
1: Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with your
0: hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and
1: Yusuf Muhammad.
0: People get ready There's a train of coming You don't need no baggage You just get on You hear the dealers haunt don't need no tickets, you just thank the Lord.
2: So people get ready for the train to join
0: us. from the
3: blessings, peace and blessings. Welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm your co-host, Brother Youssef Muhammad, and uh, I'll be joined shortly by our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, as the other co-host, to take you further into this week's program, as we always are inspired to give you inspiration and aspiration that we might be a community in action responding to any emergency. So once again, give an honor to the all-wise, true and living God, the creator of the universe, the architect of uh, the heavens and the earth and everything that's in between. We greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, and we thank you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. Welcome once again to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, where we intend to have you become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in any response to any emergency. As the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would sing, And I believe the sister group, Mary Mary, would sing, we need you to survive. This program, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, Understand their personal responsibility, and let me make it personal. Understand our personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, myself, your family, my family, neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Once again, brothers and sisters, we welcome you to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Uh, we want to thank our guest last week, Brother William Muhammad, who took took us into the financial components of disaster preparedness and how important it is to consider insurance, both for yourself and your family, and the property where you live. Again, brothers and sisters, we need you to to survive and. In the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he would say, and I quote, those who are scripturally prepared to know that it's prophesied that we would be living in a time of war and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting people's of the world and those disasters are now afflicting the united states of america believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and to do all we can to prepare the american people and our people in particular for coming disasters again unquote that was a quote from the honorable minister lewis farrakhan as it relates to disaster preparedness and our need to survive in this critical hour and it takes uh all of us it takes a village if you will this is about community involvement this is about community investment this is about community partnership And so we anxiously await uh, Brother Rudolph Muhammad, who I know will come in, but he does so many things for the community, multitasking, if you will, that as soon as he can come in, he will. today, we've dedicated... Oh, oh, okay, Brother Rudolph, let me fall back then and have you welcome our guests, and then we'll get right into it, because one of our guests are already on the line, and one will be coming in at the bottom of the hour. Go back. Go ahead, Brother Rudolph. Pardon me, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. Um, Again, beginning all things in the name of the God, whatever you want to call him, you call him. Whatever makes you feel that, just call him. So that there's one God, there's one faith, and there's one, if you want to say religion, really a way of life. And that's obey God. And if we were all just focus more on that and not the denominations and the names and the set tripping in the name of God, things would be a lot smoother and a lot uh, 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 more fair and equitable on the planet. So, again, just take a moment to welcome each of you who are on this line. And we welcome you in whatever language makes you feel comfortable. We're welcoming you so that you can know that this is not an us thing. This is a we thing.
3: That's right. Brother Yusuf. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. And I'm glad I pray all is well with you and your family, Uh, brothers and sisters. uh, You may say, well, aren't they in the same studio well, you know, with technology today, brothers and sisters, we thank God for Black Hole Radio, LLC, their family, their staff for connecting us and connecting the dots technologically. Uh, Brother Rudolph, is there's no telling where Brother Rudolph is. I know he works out of Detroit. He works out of New York. There's no telling where on the planet he is. And I happen to be in southeastern Virginia as we speak. But I'm sure he can say the same thing about me. There's oh, no yeah, telling yeah. where, brother, you said this. <laughs> <laughs> you said the <it> <laughs> Yeah. So we yeah. just thank God for us to be able to be able to connect and come to you, brothers and sisters, uh, that you might learn more about disaster preparedness today uh, than you did yesterday. Um, of course, we we dedicated uh, today to fire safety <laughs> education as it relates to evacuation plans, fire safety plans, uh, family fire prevention, and basic fire suppression. That's the basics, if you will, 101. But we also anxiously await our special guest today. We'll have uh, Brother Gary Tenney, who is the Executive Vice President of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters who will give us an update of the landscape of uh, the condition of black firefighters in America. I know the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters will be celebrating its 50th anniversary uh, next month in August in Hartford, Connecticut, and I'm sure he'll bring us up to date on that. And we'll also have as a special guest coming in probably at the bottom of the hour, Uh, Chief Dave Washington, who is a retired fire chief out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He's also the president and the CEO of the Dr. Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute, who had uh, uh, presented their annual presentation on the beautiful campus of Dillard University in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, I'm sure he'll bring us up to date on what went uh, there, what took place there, and uh, the follow-up of what um, intends to take place as it relates to the information of firefighters across the country and across the world. So without further delay, we, we don't believe in wasting time, as many of our consistent and constant listeners know. And again, to our first-time listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. I believe we have on the phone, our dear brother, Brother Executive Vice President of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, our dear brother, Brother Gary Tenney. Brother Gary, are you on, sir? If so, welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, it's our pleasure, brother. We thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, just share with us from your vantage point what our listening audience needs to know about disaster preparedness, fire safety education, and, of course, the conditions of black firefighters in America and the upcoming convention. The floor is now yours, sir. We thank you. Well, thank you.
4: Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I mean, to speak uh, specifically to uh, disaster preparedness, um, you know, unfortunately, right now, Um, We're dealing with so many other issues pertaining to gun violence. Um, Death in our communities has become an everyday thing. Um, I'm I'm from New Haven, Connecticut, and every other day um, there's a shooting, and ultimately we lose a a soul, and uh, we definitely, definitely have to do something about that. But I think our organization has, over the years. done a lot of great work in our communities across the country and beyond pertaining to, uh, you know, disaster preparedness and uh, preparing our, our our communities and our folks for a better life. Um, so, I, I, again, we were formed over 50 years ago, and we continue to do the, the, the important work in our communities. Um, so, I mean, I, that alone speaks to what we're dealing with at the moment. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm going to leave the floor open for
3: Brother Rudolph to ask any questions that he desires, but I'll just start with this, asking you, uh, Brother uh, Executive Vice President, uh, Kenny, um, if, in fact, you were to narrow down, you mentioned gun violence in the community, death in the community, and, you know, we would have to be blinder than Stevie wonder or Ray Charles, not to know the increase of these uh, mass shooting scenarios, but in terms of the organization, the IEBPFF, the international association of black professional firefighters, what would you think are the top three issues that uh, you intend on uh, tackling either at the convention or what, what we need to do right now, or we as a community, our listening audience needs to be concerned about relative to black firefighters in America and throughout the world.
4: Well, um, fortunately, a lot of, I don't know if folks are familiar with, uh, we had consent decrees that forced cities and states to hire uh, minority firefighters. Uh, the consent decrees are under attack, they've been under attack, and unfortunately, with those decrees lifted, um, um, they're going to go back to the same practices. And unfortunately, the people, the black and brown people of our communities, will, will it will impact them in, in so many ways. So um, that being said, I, I would say hiring, um, just like it was years ago, hiring retention um, and upward mobility. You know, it seems like we're moving forward in some in some departments and up with mobility. But if we don't have anyone to move, you know, you talk about hiring, um, then it's, it's going to become a problem. So basically, we're seeing the same things we saw over fifty years ago, fifty, sixty years ago in the fire service, and we just wow. have to strateg- continue to strategize to, to educate our communities and our educators. To, to really look at these career paths in a, in a uh, more I would say more be more aggressive about introducing our career paths to the schools to the high schools to public safety programs around the country so that we can start um, to pick folks from our communities from our schools for these professions because if you look into hiring police and fire I mean if you continue to hire folks from outside your communities, and you take them from, not to say all, you know, suburbs, but if you take them from communities that not or that aren't diverse, and you just you give them a badge or you give them a badge and a gun, and you put them in our communities and expect them to give you, um, you know, to serve you in the uh, right manner, it's going to be challenging for some. Not all, but for some. Um, so I think that speaks volumes. Yes, sir. Brother Rudolph, thank you,
3: Brother Gary.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I'm going to jump right in there and I'm going to turkey back on that statement right there. You know, I'm going to look at it at the situation as this. If we're going back to what it was, then, okay, then maybe this is like a reset on the computer. Well, we know what was. That's a given. And we know what we did to get to where we are now. So there is a template already in place. Now, we should not have to go through all of that again, but nobody said it was going to be easy. So with that being said, let's take the the negative energy out out of the equation by saying, okay, back to the drawing board. So now we know what we need to do. It's on us. We need to promote what we do to who we want to be in our communities. End of discussion.
4: And to that point, that's that's what our, you know, that's what the organization does. That's one of the, uh, you know, it's imperative that we do that in our communities, that we advocate for diversity in our departments, that we advocate for folks. Mm -hmm. The department should reflect the community it serves um and that and that's part of our mission and it's always been part of the mission of our organization um and we work hard daily every day um you know advocating for those changes but like everything else everything is challenging but we're challenging folks you know and you talk about legal issues and lawsuits we continue to to uh litigate throughout the country pertaining to everything that we're talking about and uh you know, if you read some of the current articles and the perspectives from, uh, um, from the past and the present presidents of the International Association of Professional Black Firefighters, um, you'll see that throughout their uh, reports and their writings and their, the, uh, that, you know, things have been pretty consistent. And, uh, you know, we see the changes uh, pertaining to hiring, but uh, ultimately a lot of communities, and I could speak of one, and locally, um, wow. we have a department that's, uh, you know, uh, predominantly male and, and minority or black, Hispanic, what have you. And, uh, they have never hired a female firefighter. I mean, a female African-American firefighter, I should say. So, I mean, those are the things that were, 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 uh, challenging, but we're, we're on top of it and we're, we're, uh, making change. Well, brother, <laughs> brother
3: Gary. Go ahead, brother Rudolph.
2: Yeah, no. What, what I'm saying, um, you know, again, it's on us. We maybe we yeah. have to change our mindset as to how we go about promoting and advertising and where we're doing it. Um, we know that our youth are a very, very. We go. We we need our youth. So let's employ our youth. Let's go after our youth. Let's get them to come up with the best strategies for putting this information out to their peers in order to get this done. Social media is a great one. The entertainment business, that's where, you know, it seems like all of our people are. Then us older ones that don't know, and I'm speaking primarily for myself, then we're going to have to learn this new technology in order to reach those that we're after. I just wanted to throw that out there, Brother Houston. Mm
4: -hmm. And then one other thing, Brother Muhammad, I wanted to mention, too, is uh, people don't realize. We talk about mental health. I call it the fire within. Folks don't realize that suicide is one of the uh, leading causes of death among firefighters. And the numbers Mm -hmm. are rising. And unfortunately, yeah. some departments, you know, instead of uh, really seeking um, help, they tell them to go to EAP, which is an employee assistance program, instead of really getting them the help that they need, you know. And unfortunately, especially in our communities, we feel that mental health and, and uh, um, you know, it isn't an issue. We, we're supposed to suck it up and run with it, which isn't the case. And we see it in the numbers of uh, suicides across the country. Oh, no, you're,
2: you're a 1,000%, a 1,000% correct. I happen to work in a psychiatric department of a major hospital here in Detroit. And you're right. The numbers across the board for us are on the rise, and especially with our young people. So somehow we have to get that negative stigma off of mental health. And, you know, it's almost like that uh uh no snitching uh type of uh thing within the gang communities um we have to somehow fight that beast and get people to understand that it's an honorable thing to yeah. so that you don't end up causing a major
0: catastrophe
2: with this Family amongst you know, we have to somehow get out, get get the message out there that, you know, it's okay to reach out for help, and then when
4: they do it. Yeah, and to that point, again, we have to convince the leadership of our departments that, you know, mental health is real and that, you know, again, by putting them on administrative leave, With pay or without pay and putting him home and and depression is real, um, it's not going to help. But we have to do a lot more than that. One thing that we are doing here, uh, uh, we're working closely with Clifford Beers um, with the New Haven Firebird chapter. Uh, We meet once a month and talk to each other about our careers and and about mental health and, and, you know, speak specifically to what legislation can we put together to protect our, our young men and women, our, our men and women in, in the service. Um, so that if ultimately the worst happens, which is suicide, that they're protected, just like a line of duty death. You know, for, I mean, a line of duty death is real. It's, it's, it's you know, it's painful. But a line of duty death can occur, you know, mentally and, and psychologically. I and mean, it happens because of that. And we have to pay closer to attention to that. And make sure the families um, benefit, you know, financially. The young folks, um, right? If, if their loved one commits suicide, that they don't lose everything. They don't lose their pensions. They they're not looked at in a bad way, um, you know. The the uh, and again, the fire within, and that's been the latest campaign I've been working on. Well, well we can, certainly I commend understand.
3: you, brother Gary we We certainly commend you because I've known you to always work on some aspect of health issues, whether it's been the sickle cell anemia campaign mm-hmm. or this current uh mental health campaign you're working on and um you know i was as I'm listening to you and brother Rudolph reflect on a colleague I worked with who committed suicide, and I know in the last days of my son's life, he was challenged with various mental health issues. So we commend you, dear brother, on um, bringing that to the organization, bringing that to the profession. And it's, uh, you know, really uncharted waters right now, as Brother Rudolph said, like the snitching code in in the hood, or you remember when in our community uh, HIV started and AIDS started impacting our community. I mean, even the churches were keeping it hush hush, and so you know, for you to step out and be on the vanguard of uh, trying to bring that issue to light, brother, we commend you and uh, the Firebirds of New Haven, as well as the IBPFF under the presidency of uh, Sister President Carrie Clemens Edwards, or did I get it right as the Edwards Clemens? I think it's Clemens Edwards. Is that right, brother Guy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, look, we know your time is is, is of the essence, you know, and, and we value your time and the fact that you took time out of your busy schedule to come and share with our listening audience um, what were, you know, some of the top issues relating to uh, the firefighters from your perspective. Um, there's a convention coming up, as I had mentioned in August. I don't know if you want to share anything about that, and we certainly want you to make, you know, some closing remarks. And not that we're rushing you off; you can stay on as long as you want. But uh, I, I definitely wanted you to get get the opportunity to say something about the convention, uh, something about uh, in your closing statements what our listening audience can do relative to uh, helping the organization help themselves to get our young people into the fire service in terms of hiring, retention, and upward mobility and or as it relates to uh, the marketing, the streaming, the social media, as Brother Rudolph mentioned, and, you know, the mental health and suicide piece or the sickle cell piece that you did not mention. Have your way, brother, and then I'm going to get out your way. And if Brother Rudolph has any other questions, then the floor is yours, Brother Guy.
4: Thank you. Well, Brother Muhammad, um, thank you again. We know that you're uh, modest. Is, 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 I don't know how if I should describe it that way, but I don't know if you know. You've been a phenomenal mentor to me, um, and i learned so much from you by right, working with you and seeing the great work that you do and the passion you have for our communities. And I thank you for that. Um, to
3: God be the glory, brother. And the check is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <I'm with. laughs> it, it, it won't be enough, brother, but it'll be so. Hey, it's a, a green mailbox with red on it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes, sir. But, uh, again, thank you, sir. And I... Uh, yeah, just to speak briefly about the, our golden anniversary. It's uh, August 22nd through the 26th in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, where one of the, the first convention was started back in 1970, and we had our first convention downtown Hartford. Um, we had planned for the convention over three years ago, but due to the pandemic, of course, we didn't have it. So um, we're going to celebrate our golden anniversary. Um, we're going to highlight and celebrate um, our elders who I can't wait to see, uh, Mr. Lee, is coming in. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, getting our family together, I don't think people realize that over the years, you know, when we haven't had our regional conferences and mm-hmm. we don't realize how much you miss folks and uh, how important our family, our IAVPF family, how important we are to each other and how much we mm-hmm. uplift each other in battles that we continue to face across the country. And uh, that week of August 22nd, we're going to celebrate that and we're going to celebrate our, again, our elders, our community and the organization. And we're going to highlight and and talk about what we've done, what we need to do and, and just stay committed to the mission of our organization. And on one other note that I want to celebrate, I won't mention any names Well, you talk about sickle cell and the, the challenges we have across the country with sickle cell in our communities. Just recently, a young man graduated from the academy who's been trying oh, for years and years to, to make it through and him and his family had made it through. He graduated and, uh, you know, and again, this is, you know, partly because of our advocacy for fairness and, um, and, and change in the fire service. And, uh, I wanted to celebrate that. I did want to mention that once you mentioned that, um, Beautiful. So that being. That being said, you know, you save one, that's a generational change um, in that family as far as education, home ownership, community service. Um, so when you save many, which you have, um, it, it means a lot, not only to the, us personally, but to the families that we serve. That's right. Um, but that's that's it. And, I, and, again, I thank you. Thank you for what you do. And uh can't wait to see everybody. Well, thank yes, sir, brother. Thank you for sir, what brother. you do, brother.
2: Thank you for what you do because you're on the front lines and and, and you're doing it. You're doing it.
3: Now, brother, brother Gary, before, before you make your move, brother, for our listening mm-hmm. audience in terms of either evacuation plans, fire safety plans, Family fire prevention or basic fire suppression. I know you've been retired for a couple of days now, and you <laughs> might have forgot all the essentials and everything, right? But if, what would you share with our listening audience relative to the importance of any one of those, if not all of them?
4: Well, I, I, one thing I would encourage you, coming, you not only the young firefighters in, in the communities, to really you know sit down with the community leaders. Sit down with the council or your legislative folks, and stress the importance of community risk reduction. Stress the importance mm-hmm. of going out and, and educating our communities. pertaining to, um, you know, smoke alarms, carbon monoxide, you name it. Um, disaster preparedness, especially with all the things going on in, in our in our skies right now. We don't know what's going to hit us, and we don't know where. Mm-hmm. So we have to be prepared in order to survive. And uh, you know, and what you're doing. On a weekly basis is, is so important. So I think we got to start. We got a lot of new firefighters. We got to get in their ear and let them know, um, you know, what they need to prepare for and how. And and again, that's what our organization brings to the table. That how? What do you do? You know, how do you, you know, go knock and knock on the doors, uh, distribute uh, smoke alarm. You know, Unfortunately, we've had several deaths throughout this. Our communities, and you know, due to lack of smoke alarming and uh, mm-hmm. and we, we can't afford to lose one soul. Um, and we, we, again, we just have to prepare our folks to do that. And a lot of that's going to be done at our convention, also. Um, you know, of course, we're going to have Beautiful. workshops for how to maneuver and how to, what you need to do. And if you need something, to reach out to folks. There's some good stuff out there. There's communities doing some great work. Um, And uh, it starts, you know, we're we're at the front of this, and we got to stay at the front because it's our communities that are being affected by it.
3: That's right. Well, we thank you, good brother. We thank you. We thank you once again, and word to the wise is sufficient. I hope our listening audience is really, it's one thing to listen, but I think in the scripture, brother uh, Rudolph, it says be ye not just hearers of the word, but be ye, Doers of, the Doers of the word. Brothers and sisters, it's critically important that we turn what Brother Vice President Gary Tenney just told us into practical application. And trust and believe, I have a family member who, uh, through marriage, he's my family member, he's family, but his biological family, uh, it was up in Syracuse, uh, Brother, brother mm-hmm. Gary. They lost everything, including the family members. Mm. And so, of course, you can imagine the trauma, losing your family members, your cousins, your nieces, your aunts. And so it's one thing to empathize with them. But now, for me, I'm saying to the brother, well, brother, do you and your family have smoke detectors, Mm -hmm. carbon monoxide detectors? Fire extinguishers, do you know how to use them right. yeah yeah brother that's that that's a good point brother that's a good point, thank you brother that thank you a year later, we mm. lost another family altogether in the Bronx, not just the property but the people. may God be pleased yeah. with them, so now he calls me again to for inform- I said, well brother. Yeah, God be pleased with him, but how's your fire prevention in your house with your family? Right. Well you know, brother you know, brother, I still I still gotta get those things you told me to get. Huh? Right. A whole year went by, brothers and sisters on the line, ladies and gentlemen, and my family member lost two groups of family members from his biological family, one in the Bronx and the other one in Syracuse. Don't procrastinate, brothers and sisters. We're not talking just to be talking. This is life and death situations that could be prevented. I'll never forget, and I'm going to get out of your way because it's uh, 436 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on disaster awareness for community preparedness. But my last point on that point is my father used to always say, the life you save may be your own. So uh, once once again, Brother Gary, you don't have to leave, brother. You can stay with us. I'm going to give it over to Brother Rudolph. and uh, We anxiously await Brother Chief Dave Washington to come onto the line, and then he can give us an update of the landscape of what took place at the Dr. Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute back in June, the first week in June, on the campus of Dillard University. Uh, so, Brother Rudolph, the floor is yours, beloved.
2: Thank you, beloved. I'm a. St- we staying right here. Let- let- come on, family. Let's let's understand something, man. Fires are real, and it takes less than ten seconds to engulf a a whole complete room. Especially nowadays, with all the fabricated materials that are being used, all the synthetic stuff that's being used, and everything is flammable. And then, not so much the flames, but the toxic gases that come from these things that can incapacitate you long before the flames burn your skin. So this is real. We don't need to be talking about this next week, talking about another family lost everything or lost someone because of a fire. Family, you can get a six-pack of smoke detectors and, and hold on. Let me say this from the let, – let, let me put this disclaimer out there. We are not um, promoting any particular business out here. We don't have stock in none of these stores. That's not what it's about. It's about trying to help you do the how-to to get the things that you need. So here's the how-to, okay? Okay. How much is a pack of cigarettes? Hmm. How much is a six pack of pop, or you're calling soda, depending if you're on the East Coast, Midwest, or whatever. But out here we call it pop, okay? What's a six pack of beer? Now think how many times a week you drink it. Sacrifice that. You can get a six pack of smoke, uh, smoke, uh, first alert uh, smoke detectors from Lowe's for seventy six dollars. You can get one for $16. You can get two for about $25. You need to have a smoke detector in every room in the house that you live in. Every room needs to have a smoke detector. You need to at least have a fire extinguisher in the kitchen and on the wall somewhere else. I mean, I mean realistically, You should have a a fire extinguisher in every hallway. But, um, you know, I understand that, you know, economic, it is what it is. If you got to choose between feeding your family and getting that, I understand you have to make that choice. But what you also got to understand is don't be um, dollar-wise and penny-foolish.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Because, like Brother said, the life you saved may be your own or could be one of your family members. And one of the saddest things in the world is going to have to be for you to have to stand there and watch the first responders trying to resuscitate one of your family members because you failed to respond. Yep. And and I'm talking to the men right now. I'm talking to the men. So all of this that's on the line, uh, just hold your comments, put the fingers in your ears, because this is going to be harsh man talk right now. It's on you, man. God put the onus on you. It says you under God, her under you, children under her. So it's all about you. You got to make those decisions. You got to make sure it happens. You got to make sure it happens that your family has a safe and decent place to lay their head and to live. It's on you. And if you don't do it and it doesn't happen, then, yes, there will be crying and gnashing of teeth, and it will be yours. Now, Now, I'm going to pull back, Brother Yusuf. I'm going to pull back a little because I know this is supposed (laughs) to be a teaching moment and and a a how-to, a help, FYI. Uh, what's that? Uh, DYI help show. So, okay, you got to get those smoke detectors, get those carbon monoxide detectors, the newest generation. you got to change those batteries at least twice a year. When you change your clock, you change those batteries to make sure they work. But at least once every 30 days, go press that button on it and make sure that annoying sound is annoying the heck out of you and everybody in the family. And that's your first step in making sure that your house is, that that there's some fire prevention in there. And we'll stop with that, and we'll go on and talk about some uh, fire uh, suppression stuff in a few minutes, as well as the other stuff. Brother Yusuf.
3: Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Um, again, I don't know if you're still with us, Brother Gary, or, If uh, Brother Chief Washington is with us, but on the note that Brother Rudolph was just talking about in terms of fire prevention, whether it's family fire prevention or evacuation plans, family fire prevention, you know, starts with being clean. Brother Rudolph just shared with us some scripture, and he has the nerve to call me the pastor of disaster, but he's well-versed in scripture. And um, it's critically important. You know, the elders in our families used to say cleanliness is close to godliness. And some of us might even say that cleanliness is godliness. What? What you getting at, Brother Youssef? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. Well, look, brothers and sisters, it has to do with have you ever or your spouse ever engaged in I guess what they call spring cleaning, and then, you know, that might be once a year, but if you do it twice a year in the spring and two seasons later in the fall, you find out most of us, man, we've accumulated some things that we didn't even know we had or forgot we had. (laughs) Unfortunately, if you live in a home with two or more floors, People could have stuffed what we call combustibles up under the steps. That's a fire hazard. That's and right. so I say that to say just try cleaning out your home, going through your home. do an inventory of what you have, and you'll realize some of the things you might not need anymore, some of the things you might not want anymore, but just the fact that you did an inventory in uh, the context of cleaning your home. That's a part of family fire prevention. And don't forget, even though you may be doing it, teach your children what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. That's the how-to. So I just wanted to share that. Um, Brother Rudolph talked about the how-to of uh, extinguishing a fire and, of course, that investment of whether it's smoke detectors or extinguishers is critically important. I say it's almost as important as teaching your children the knowledge of themselves. Now, it's not that important, but it is that important. So once you purchase a fire extinguisher, you have to know how to use it and on what kind of fire to use it on. We'll get deeper into that. We'll get deeper into that, but I understand we've been joined by our dear brother, Brother Chief Dave Washington, who's a uh, retired fire chief out of the Las Vegas Fire and Rescue Department in Nevada. He's also currently the president and CEO of the Dr. Carl Holmes Executive Development, a institution that takes place annually on the campus of Dillard University. It started back in 1991 on the campus of Florida A&M University. And after uh, three to five years, it went to Dillard. But then after Hurricane Katrina, it moved to Clark Atlanta University. And after five years of being in Atlanta, it's been back at the beautiful campus of Dillard University. So, Brother Chief Dave Washington, if you're on the line in the studio, we welcome you. We thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and the floor is yours to give our listening audience some idea as to the update of the landscape of EDI and the black firefighter condition from your vantage point in the United States and throughout the world. Welcome brother chief.
1: Brother Muhammad. Thank you so much. Uh, brother Rudolph. I appreciate you guys so much for this opportunity. Uh, I try to listen to you guys program from time to time. You're doing an honorable job in terms of telling us, our our world community, what we need to be doing in terms of disaster preparedness. And I am shameful sitting here, man, looking in my raggedy office, knowing that I need to go through here and throw out some stuff. But uh, certainly I'm I'm, I'm, I'm (laughs) honored to have this opportunity to to be on your show to, to give you an update on EDI. And I would be remiss if I didn't say kudos and congrats to the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, where you once served Brother Muhammad as executive president and president of a very honorable organization that has done so much for me and others in our industry. And certainly I I agree with Brother uh, Gary with respect to the consent decrees, the hiring and retention, and upper mobility as items that we should keep our focus on. And I can tell you that something I learned from Addington Stewart, our former IABPFF president, and Gene Campbell, former fire chief out of Missouri City, Texas, that in 1998 blacks made up 15% of all paid professional firefighter jobs in America. I just checked about a month and a half ago, brothers, the, labor department statistics it says that we're just shy of seven percent here in 2022 mm-hmm. Changeful, wow. and we mm-hmm. know that it change, they keep changing the goalpost post on us and we've got to be forever vigilant and be on point for these changes because it's unfortunate that our caucasian brothers want to control this industry keep us out and i certainly am uh, I tried to argue the point when I served, even before I served as fire chief, but even more so as fire chief, and couldn't get it done. And that is where I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Brother Gary that look, hire people who work and live in a city. You know, they'll, they'll we'll, we'll be better served. But now, man, we and here in, in the Las Vegas Valley, man, they got guys flying in from Seattle, from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. They can, this is ridiculous. But but my HR director would not take it by bull by the horn saying, oh, that's illegal. Well, at a minimum, we should make them stay in the county. And our county, uh, Clark County, uh, Nevada, is almost 8,000 square miles. So there's various parts of this county that they can live would be far outside the city. But at a minimum, people should make people do that because, again, if you have some ownership community, I think you'll better serve the people to include. I recall during the Rodney King incident. I know I'm kind of going on a tangent. Oh, they! I'm on one TV channel as a as a, a training chief for for our department, saying that the community was shooting at us. And and on the other channel, the the former president and deceased, God rest his soul, was on another channel saying, "Oh, they won't. They, they never shoot at firefighters when people are angry with with government. They don't care who they shoot at." And we were, we were we were a part of that in, terms of, in, in a very critical place in the in the heart of the black community where our own people were shooting at us because they were so angry about what had happened to Rodney King and we see this stuff on video and everybody's saying and then they allow these police to walk away and everybody was was terribly angry about it but again brothers for, for the work that you guys are doing uh greatly appreciate it, and, and I hope you guys uh, uh, certainly pray for God's speed that you continue to do this because, trust me, it, it is extremely helpful to us. And, and you guys make me think back when uh, when I was going through my career. My children will tell you we used to have once a month we do the, the escape plan. Man, I haven't done that, but there's only me and my wife and my grandson stays here mostly with us. But uh, we've got to do that. In fact, believe it or not, gentlemen, I've been asked to speak, and I've been retired fifteen years. I'm, I'm, I'll be speaking to some seniors on Monday about senior citizens' of fire protection and fire prevention. And I'm like, I am at seventy-one. I'm a senior myself. But but I, <laughs> I <it> think somebody, <laughs> brother Rudolph, you're brother. But I said, wow, man, I'm a senior. But you know what? I, I, I went. Through, I'm right man, behind you, a,
2: brother. Right behind
1: you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a document, Brother Rudolph, that I'm going through because I want to be on point when I go and address these folks. But, but again, Brother Muhammad, thank you. Uh, I'm sitting here embarrassed in my office with so much junk. I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna get on my 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 screen cleaning in the summertime. But uh, you guys are doing a great, job. <laughs> a super great job. Let me say this, and I know you you asked me about what we need to be doing or uh, give an update on on EDI to you, Brother Muhammad as the MC of our graduation ceremony at also as one of our adjunct instructors, greatly appreciated. I am honored to serve with, with the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute staff and and uh, leadership in terms of directors and officers because, you know, in my absence I, I tested positive for for COVID and couldn't come down this year and you guys just took it and everything was on point. And uh, I, I, I thank you personally for for the work that you did. And I know that everything went well according to all those who have been giving me reports on where we stood in terms of Carl Holmes Executive Development 2022. We had 138 students after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. That is phenomenal. I was expecting maybe 110, 120 uh, so that was a great job, and that, that has to do with all of us collectively working to ensure that we got people back down to campus. So to Michelle and her group, Annette, who runs the administrative side of our, our quote, unquote, uh, nonprofit business, uh, everybody did such a great job, and I'm, I'm pleased to be, again, the president and, and CEO of that organization. Now, if I could turn to what we need to be doing in terms of, of uh retaining and getting our people back into position with, with respect to these great public service jobs. We need people to run for office like a, like a brother, Youssef Muhammad. Let me tell you something to me. And we talked about this stuff in the past. When you get in these positions, you have a wherewithal that is, if you're not what I consider a handkerchief head, you're not getting up there scratching with all this foolishness. Uh, Brother Rudolph, Brother Muhammad, knows me. I'm like you, man. I go for the jug. We gotta That's right. Go of ahead. And, and, not, and not doing what we're supposed to do. See, there was people angry at me because I promoted Gene Campbell. I promoted Burt mm-hmm. Washington. Both mm-hmm. of these
0: guys
1: mm-hmm. were on the big But you know why I promoted them? Because they brought something to the table. Not just because they were black. They brought something right. to the table. They brought right. their manhood. They was not scared. Because, see, sometimes we get brothers in positions, and if, the, if our white colleagues go boo, they just, they pee, pee on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> testicular <laughs> fortitude. <laughs> brother, <laughs> brother, brother Rudolph, they get up there and yes, they get sir. afraid. They, they trying to please all the folks. Man, what about pleasing your own community, your own family? What about that? Right. See, everything. Every time I look in the mirror, brother, and it's one thing I always fall back on. When I look in that mirror, I see a black face. I see an African face. And if I'm going to go out there and be weak in the knees, I can't look at my grandson, let alone my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. If I'm not going to stand up and be counted, we must stand. The other thing is, brother Rudolph, those people who we put in those positions, we got to hold them accountable. And sometimes we think, oh, man, you know, he's a brother. No, man, if he ain't doing what he's supposed to, do, cut his throat or her throat. Yes, sir. And I get off my Cause I- Cause I- no, I- brother, You want I- I- it. Because, you know, let me tell y'all something that just happened yesterday in our city. They just hired the first black female general manager. She's with the mm-hmm. NFL, the right. Las Vegas now. There's something that I've been quizzing these folks about for the last five years. How many black folks worked on that doggone stadium? How many black folks got vendor opportunities? How many black folks got concession opportunities? That's what I want to know. They won't tell me. Now, when I catch this sister somewhere, she's a wonderful young lady. I'm going to whisper in her ear, don't jeopardize yourself for me. But certainly if there's a way, because I know they got the statistics because I was at a meeting when they hired someone to track them. But they won't give them up because, once again, we got stooped and duped. It's a public-private partnership where they put $750 million into a $2 billion, nearly a $2 billion project, and they won't tell us where we got our fair share of those dollars in terms of you know, economic impact by having a job mm-hmm. out there and making money for my family. But those kinds of things, we got to keep our eyes on. I don't care what part of the United States. And, and then on, from a global standpoint, I know you guys' station go all over the world. And I love it and I appreciate it, man, because when you look at the African diaspora, man, we have got to come together. I'm talking about on a worldwide basis because we are the mm-hmm. majority they keep playing these games, calling us minorities. Yeah, we may be in the United States of America making 13, 14 percent of the population. But when you talk about the world and once we come together and that's why they keep us divided, man, it's all about it's on purpose. And we keep going for the okey doke. Anyway, brother, mm-hmm. I'm covered. Uh, plenty, I play as far as EDI. We're, we're, right now, Brother Muhammad, we're trying to get the dates for 2023. And as soon as we get those, we we'll certainly will be getting that information. And it's my hope and my prayer that I get it before the convention um, mm-hmm. next month so we can share that and get everybody. Because everybody's fired up, so are we. And, and, and do understand that we. everybody's not vaccinated, and you don't have to be. I want that to be clearly understood the The policy and I'm talking about Dillard University's protocol says that if you are not vaccinated, you just show that you have not been negative over a period of time, you can come, but indoors you must wear your mask that's it's that's right, right. We, we know this pandemic isn't over, but I just not I, I don't trust the government y'all, and I worked for them. I don't trust them. no fur and I can see. Them. Now that's coming from yes, me. I ain't, that's not EDI speaking. That's Dave Washington on a personal level. Just just in case some of our members are missing, say if we don't want to misrepresent EDI. No, that's from me personally. Right.
2: Second that emotion, brother, and that's coming from Brother <laughs> Rudolph
1: Mohammed.
3: personally. <laughs> brother Rudolph, Thank I you love for you, speaking man. On my I never met
1: Thank you, you, man, but I know you got fire in your gut, and you ain't backing <laughs> up to the. <laughs> You're going to handle the business. You're going to call it what it is. And see, we need brothers like that because sometimes people get angry when you tell them like it is, man. But sometimes we need to be told, man. And, and, it, and it won't fire everybody up. Some people will go further into a shell. Well, you go going into your shell because Lord long yeah. as God give me my health and my strength, I'm fighting. I ain't, I ain't taking, a, yeah. why should we be taking a backseat to anybody when mostly everything that's been done, not only in America, but in this world, it was offended by somebody black. More times than not. Beautiful. <laughs> what else y'all got, Brother <laughs> Go Brother Muhammad. Hey, Brother Rudolph. He know, man, you get me on the radio. I'm going to get... Oh, by the way, I hey. do a show. And I've, I've promoted you guys several times, and I'll continue to do so. I do a show called... Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. at the university station here in Las Vegas. But I, I give you guys play because I want people to listen because what you guys bring, man, is so important to us as people. I'm talking about people, period. That's right. Period. Because when, you, when you come down to disaster management, it includes the world. To include uh, we seeing all these people getting shot, America's going crazy. And you know what? All of my children are armed. And y'all can say, "Oh, why is he saying it?" With? You better sense the danger of what's going on in this country. And I'm not a violent that's person, not, but that's but that's America right. is a violent country for every for all the time that I've known her.
0: <laughs> and I know some don't, well, like, yeah. Let
1: me
2: just say this real quick: <laughs> violence sure. is the initial act that's perpetrated on someone. What happens after that is no longer violent; it's retaliatory. Right. It's almost right. like causing and effect. I broke your arm because you slapped
1: me. hmm Right. That's right.
2: So it's not violent. Know, you know, when we actively work to save our lives, that's not violence. That's
1: intelligent. That's very true. Very true. If if I can say one more thing about media. Sure yes, we, we have a strategic plan. And we have seven initiatives. One is is our curriculum alignment that we try to stay on top of. Uh, We have accreditation. We have recruitment and retention. We have staffing operations along with logistics. We have marketing. We have collaboration, which Brother Muhammad and before his uh, getting ill, Brother Lloyd, former fire commissioner out of uh, Philadelphia, led, that particular initiative. And that initiative has to do with us collaborating with the IABPFF, the COC, and other uh, organizations that are, are like-minded, that we're going to stand up and be counted in terms of looking out for the interests of our people. And anybody who says that's wrong, they got the problem. We don't. And then right. the final one, seven, is community outreach. Where We know as we're in communities, we need to be reaching out into our community again trying to as you mentioned earlier brother rudolph we got to go get our children early man before they get tapped and they get dummied down by this raggedy school system we have in america and it's by design and, and people yes, ain't sir. recognize and i'm 71 I, and I, that means i'm i'm I'm, a, I'm an elder now and i try to share this information and some people they, they look at you like what are you talking about don't y'all realize they're dummying down our children on purpose. Right. I heard a brother, I heard a brother, the other day gentleman, he was raising cane about, I don't even watch the BET award. I don't watch none of them award shows, to be honest, but they say how dogged these folks were and some of the things that they were singing. And I'm like, we do know that BET BET is not owned by anybody black anymore. So what do y'all think they're going to vote for us? That's by design. (laughs) We got, we got a, Pay attention to what's going on around us. But I I love you guys. I love your show. And I, I, I again, appreciate the opportunity to say a few words about EDI and and our interest in in this profession because we know it is one of the top professions uh, that that are seen as heroes. And God bless our white colleagues, but y'all ain't the only damn heroes. And y'all be running around here. Y'all be one shown lifting up the flag, et cetera, et cetera. And brothers be dying in these. Same buildings as y'all, but y'all going to, no, nah, we ain't going to let that happen. No. That's right. We're going to be right. challenged and, and challenge y'all when you ain't doing it right. So once again, brothers, I appreciate this opportunity. And uh, Brother Muhammad, my goal is to, to get myself or someone from EDI uh, to be at that uh, convention because that 50 years is really honorable and the work that they're doing certainly is needed. And I and I tell people all the time, without the IABPFF, why do we need BCOC? Why do we need EDI? Without mm-hmm. the growth of that, organization, with us bringing them in on the entry, there'll be no need for the other two organizations. So that's why I've always I'm a life member of the IABPFF, and and I will continue to try to spread the word that those folks within our profession, that are within our profession, particularly those brothers and sisters. They need to join up, man. And I know one thing I learned from Addington Stewart. He went and visited some some guys down in Louisiana, and he because I was calling people cowards. He said they they're not cowards. They're afraid. They in some of these backwood type towns, man, that if they even be seen by with him, it could be harmful to them. And that's that's a sad state of affairs in the United States of America. But the racism that uh, it's former it's President it's Trump it's stirred up. Ridiculous. Yes, sir. It's
2: a reality.
1: Yes, that's right. So, brothers, unless y'all got some questions for me, I, I appreciate the time to to get a little off my chest, <laughs> brother Muhammad. know I always get I get fired up when I get. Stressed, I love <laughs> I love, we love you too, I, brother. I love people, and I and I, I ain't just, got hit, right. I ain't got no time to hit like nobody.
2: To some some gasoline on it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brother Rudolph! Oh, <laughs> well, I
1: appreciate well, brother y'all. Chief
3: Dave Washington.
1: Yeah, no, we and appreciate a, you, sir. All right, I'm, I'm gonna get y'all on my show one of these one of these months, man. My show is a tape, thirty minute show, but I certainly, and it's it's uh you can hear it anywhere in the world too if you download the app. But I'm gonna get you guys on sometime because I think we need more people to tune in to what you guys are doing, man, because it is so helpful. And I can't imagine some of the shows that I've missed and, and, and as I was getting on today I could see where I can go back and listen to some because you guys provide a lot of education, man, and it's what we need. But 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 and mm. brother Rudolph, I love you, man. I ain't never met you, but I love your fire. <laughs> and I think it was one of y'all who said it a few love minutes you ago. Too, Hell, we can e- we can easily know about this stuff, but if you ain't implementing you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> we got to we got, to <laughs> right. get it. We got to we got to get busy making it happen. Right. That's right. So so thank you, brothers. I'll continue listening to the rest of y'all's show. Take care, and uh, Godspeed.
3: Thank you. You as well, Brother (laughs) Chief Dave Washington, retired chief, Las Vegas Fire (laughs) and Rescue Department, Nevada, the current president and CEO of the Dr. Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. And I believe I heard our dear brother, Brother Gary Tenney's voice in the background as well, the Executive Vice President of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. What wonderful guests we've had uh, today, Brother Rudolph. We, We thank God, the most high, for the opportunity to listen to these men who, like us, all we're trying to do is serve. Serve our community, serve our family. That's all we're trying to do. And it was so much I heard from both of them, and the spirit by which we heard it, brother Rudolph. And they tried to put it on us, but we really know it's them. They're like um, just American. They're, they're 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 like American gangsters in a Denzel Washington kind of way. You know what I mean?
1: Brother Mohammed,
3: go ahead, yes sir.
1: If I can say one other quick thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't recognize a, a, a gentleman who's been living here. He's from the Fire Department, New York, uh, Brother William Bill High. He lives here in Las Vegas. I know he's going to be recognized as one of the organizers of the uh, IABPFF. So, uh, Bill, I, I, I certainly wish you well, and I'm going to try to be there to to see that recognition of him. But again, gentlemen, thank you for allowing me to say a few words today. Take care, yeah, of Gary. Take care of you.
3: Yeah, we thank the both of you as we are into 5.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. We pray that you're enjoying uh, today's edition as much as I'm enjoying it, you know, to hear uh, these men who have dedicated their lives. And we thank their family for their sacrifice so they could do what God has blessed them to do. And they're still serving. They've done 20, 25, 30 years in the fire service profession, and they're still working on behalf of the least of these, trying to get our youth, both male and female, employed through the hiring process. And once they get hired uh, to retain them, get them through the uh, profession itself, because – it's not only physical fires that they have to fight, but their fires, as as uh, Brother Gary Tenney and Brother Chief Dave Washington has said, that uh, have to do with health, that have to do with racism. You know, yeah. when 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 we talk about that- the racism, I'll never forget the president of the IAFF, the union at the time, a man by the name of. Hal Shatesberger, he was talking about human relations. And uh, I mentioned to him, no matter what you say to me, it's really what goes on in the firehouse at the kitchen table. And Brother Gary and Chief Washington know what I mean. And you too, Brother Rudolph. And so I was at the convention, right? And so they were showing the incoming executive board of the IFF and they were all Caucasian men. And I said, Mr. Shakespeare, you remember what we were talking about, about what you were saying? But, you know, and he looked at the, 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 the PowerPoint, and he said, you know what? You're right. We're still all male and all pale. And I said to myself, <laughs> I'd be damned. He don't know I'm a poet. He don't know I'm, a, I'm a going right. to be using this one.
0: Oh, you know, man. so if
3: Brother Chief Washington talked about the statistics in the mid-90s, uh, blacks being on the job at 15%, and now the statistics say we're less than 7%. All male, all pale. All pale. When I listened to Brother Gary give the statistics, he reminded me of, uh, and, and Brother Chief Washington, about, you know, the, 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 the people who have melanin who refused to show courage. You know, when Malcolm X was the minister and the spokesperson for the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the 1960s, you know, with all that was going on with Jim Crow, the Civil Rights Movement, he said, don't get it twisted. I said that. He didn't say don't get it twisted, but I'm trying to lay a base. (laughs) What he did say, what he did say was everything south of the Canadian border is the south. So when Brother Gary Tenney says there's never been a black woman hired in New Haven, they just hired the first black woman in Westchester County where I worked for thirty years, uh 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 about four months ago. Everything south of the Canadian border is the south and as what was said with the uh advent of the mindset of the previous president, you got these other folk coming out of the woodwork. We knew they were there. We already knew they were there. You know brother 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 uh Chief Washington, you know uh brother Chief Darryl Osby's father. Um, I believe his name was Robert Osby. He used to end his workshops by saying, You know, the dinosaurs may be dead, but don't forget they laid eggs. So shout out <laughs> to the elders, the one you named in Vegas, Chief Osby, Jim Lee. As I know, Brother Gary's going. He mentioned earlier. Uh, we just, we just are grateful for those on whose shoulders we stand and on whose wings we fly. And believe it or not, shout out to the Vulcan Society of Westchester, Brother Chief Eddie Stevenson Muhammad and
2: yes sir, Brother
3: Pre- President Reggie Cruz. They had a cookout about two weeks ago in Westchester, and I mean, brothers came out of the woodwork for a damn hot dog and a hamburger. Now, I hope, you know, the brothers who came out for that will still come out for a meeting to strategize how to, you know, improve this hiring process, this retention process, and this upward mobility process. But, I mean, if it takes a hot dog and a hamburger to get us together, that's a start. And if they don't, brothers, be serious about what we're talking about and what the elders paved the way for, my thing is y'all better start learning the Negro spirituals because you're going to be picking cotton pretty soon once the the numbers go down if you don't fight uh, uh, as the motto of the IDPFF is. Keep the fire burning for justice. You got to keep the fire burning for justice, and don't forget those who came before us, because the mantra of EDI is all that I am, I owe. I owe. I live eternally in the red. All that I am, I owe. I live eternally in the red. So that's me talking. Don't get it twisted. I'm getting them off my soapbox. It's (laughs) 5.13 p.m. I got two more things I got to say, though, because, again, sometimes we'll say some things and and it may get by our listening audience. Brother Gary Tenney mentioned community risk reduction. We oftentimes say here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness that what we're talking about is community involvement, community investment, and community partnership. It starts with self, but then we got to come together as a community. You know, one definition of community risk reduction is a process to identify and prioritize (laughs) local risks followed by, the integrated and strategic investment of resources. In other words, emergency response and prevention. That's what we're talking about today to reduce their occurrence and impact, community risk reduction. So I thank you, uh, uh, Brother Gary, for bringing that up. I just wanted to bring it to our listening audience what that meant. And lastly, When you talk about uh, Brother Dave, Chief Washington talked about brothers who don't have the intestinal or testicular fortitude to stand on behalf of the least of these. Y'all know I can't help myself. Every now and then a hip-hop lyric will pop into my head. And it reminded me of Chuck D who said, every brother ain't a brother because his skin might as well be undercover. But y'all ain't heard nothing from me. So I'm going to get out the way. And uh, I keep saying I'm gonna get out the way, but we talked about it and we left uh, 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 on the note, Chief Washington, of uh, evacuation plan, and they're different levels. You know, you're going to be talking on on behalf of the the elders, only to realize when you looked in the mirror this morning, you said, "Man, I'm one." So that's critically right. important that we teach right. the elders how to evacuate either from where they live or they may be visiting a mall as a, as a, as a, uh, uh, a field trip, if you will. But know if it's in your home that is two ways out. Know in the fire service we have a lot of acronyms, you know, where letters are used to define certain things. And we say EDITH, E-D-I-T-H, is evacuation drills in the home. And most fatal fires happen between midnight and 8 a.m. when most people are asleep. Toxic gases and heat over 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit rise and can travel far ahead of the actual flames. When the smoke detector sounds, you may have less than two and a half minutes to get out, as Brother Rudolph mentioned earlier. Without a practice escape plan, you may not make it. If you don't have a smoke detector, you may never wake up. Fire not right. always happen to someone else. So I'm going to get out the way and let Brother Rudolph take us further into the program, but I just wanted to share the beauty of what I heard from Chief Dave Washington and Vice President Gary Tenney, what they gave us today. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir.
2: Brother Yusuf, I just want to read this really quickly. All right, really quickly, I'm just going to read this, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. Never since the creation of Adam and Eve have there been such chaotic times as we are witnessing today with the worst yet to come. There is no peace among the nations of the earth. Hmm. Okay, the Holy Quran warns us, fear a day when evil is spread far and wide in the days of God's presence at the end of the satanic world to bring it to naught.
0: Hmm.
2: Today, America professes to be the most Christianized country on our planet. But actually, she is not. For Christian means to be crystallized into one spiritually. That one refers to the Christ. Christ means one who is coming at the end of the world of the wicked as a crusher. His name actually means one who is anointed to crush the wicked. The real satanic people are the white race who have disguised themselves to deceive the black people to follow them. They just use the name Christian, which means to be Christ-like. I'll leave that one right there. That's chapter 13 of the fall of America, evil spreading far and wide that we turn the page to go over to chapter fifteen. Hmm. Yeah. The American white people are more concerned about mistreating the black once slave of America than America is concerned with any nation on earth that is attacking her. Outline posts. Her enemies are intensifying their attacks on her. America is right out of the frying pan into the fire all over the earth due to her evil intentions against her loyal black once slave. That's chapter 15. I'll stop with that right there. I just want to say this to everyone that's listening. Um, I don't care what your color is. Okay. I, I really don't. Um, but black people, you need to understand, you were not brought to this country to be included in what this country do. You were brought here to work on behalf of those who make the rules in this country. That has never changed. Okay. Let's let 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 that settle right there. Now what I'm saying is, now that we see that America is in such debt that she uh, can't do on behalf of her own. Now what is she going to do with you? America's vital side. Okay,
0: I just want to
2: get to so life and the development of the people of all in the America's economy so, and this is a state of great disapproval. And- 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 back in the nineties, I okay, just to be, um, you know, a- a blunt on when it was written. Here's the bottom line: we have to do for self and kind. Right. Remember, our brother Sharpton coined the phrase, All of my skin folk ain't my kinfolk, Okay? And that's never been so true. Okay? I right. I right. just because you may be my color, but not definitely not my kind. If you're not kind for free just color from, from the same so I'll just leave that at that. So now, we were talking about um, things that are going on, and we were talking about fire uh, issues and saturation drills in the home and putting detectors in every room, making sure you have fire extinguishers and knowing when to use them and how to use them. Yes, it's always the how-to. We like to say the devil is in the details. No, the actual best statement is the devil has taken out the details because that's what devils do. They cause confusion. If you had the details, then it would be A, B, C, easy for you. But because the details have been deleted from the instructions, you hear the instructions, but you're still stuck like your feet are in quicksand because you don't know how to proceed. Well, we just need you to know that in proceeding, what you need to do is step-by-step. So do you have the go bag for you and every member of your family? Well, what is a go bag? A go bag is a bag that you're going to grab and go when disaster strikes and you have to evacuate where you're coming from. So now you're going to be like a refugee on a sojourn from a place of harm seeking asylum in a place of safety, wherever it may be. Well, on your sojourn there, if you did your due diligence and had your go-bag act properly, you would have the minimum required items that will make you feel like a human being as you are traveling from a place of disaster to a place of safety. What does that mean, Brother Rudolph? You're doing a lot of talking. What you're saying, Brother? Make it plain. Okay? In that bag, you should have items that will allow you to feel like a human being for the next five to seven days while you're trying to get to a place of safety. You're trying to get to a place where you can take a hot shower. You're trying to get to a place where you can lay your head down and not have to sleep with one eye open. You're trying to get to a place for you and your family where you can get to and have shelter and get a hot meal and be able to breathe and relax because the danger for the moment is gone. Well, you're not there yet. So in between here and there, there's a lot of dangers. And remember this, in disaster, if you can't protect it, it's not yours. And that goes for you, your life, the life of your family, your wife, your daughters, and your son. <clears throat> so you need to know that a lot of these shows that's on TV and what I love brother youth about watching the walking dead
0: mm-hmm. with
2: once you got through all of the cinematography of Hollywood.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If you are really a student of disaster, it needs you sit down and think, okay, if that were me and my family, what decision would I have made?
1: Which way would Mm -hmm. I
2: have gone? What would I do to make sure that we could live another day? What collaborations, what uh, uh, um, uh, decisions would I make to align myself with certain other groups to ensure the safety for me and my family in the midst of what's going on? the way I always looked at any of those disaster, quote-unquote, movies that come on TV, not so much for what's on the screen, but for the hidden message that's behind it. Because we do realize, yes, that's Hollywood and they're trying to uh, uh, create money that they use to make the movie, but again, there's a uh, there's a hint of reality in it because all situations that could happen are happening somewhere on this planet. It's just a matter of time when disaster strikes you, your family, and just remember again the nature of disaster. What is disaster? <laughs> Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of?
3: Peace and blessings. Is this Sister Danielle?
5: Yes, sir, it is. Go right right ahead, Queen. Brother Houston, I just want
2: you to know, I just want you to know, don't let the accent fool you. That's the Bronx all day.
0: All yes, day. Yes, <laughs> all day.
3: All <laughs> day. Boogie down. Yes,
0: all day. <laughs>
2: yes, this is currently uh, 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 or, or temporarily assigned and working out of the location of Dallas, Texas. Yes. Okay. Dallas, temporarily. Texas. Right. <laughs> That's the way we're yeah. gonna put. It.
0: We are. She's
2: <laughs> on loan
5: to the state of Texas. But yes. Yes, sir. I thank. So. I thank you Can you all? Can you all hear me? Yes, yes ma'am. Uh, now you got
2: something. Just so you, the listeners who know, this sister right here. This is the modern day Harriet company Without the 45, <laughs> the 45 comes every word that comes.
0: Oh, this is the
5: bullet <laughs> 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 ah, thank the of i thank I thank the guy for my brother in law He's amazing Brother Rudolph. you do your thing, and I'm proud of you and this platform as well for holding strong to what you all do um I've been on the show previously, and it's an honor to be here again with you all i I tune in sometimes and listen to your your reach out and, and the people that tune into the conversation and have some wonderful uh, feedback to you all's Topic: I was listening to you all talk about um, the fire, the go bag. You know what? Why is it important to do so? So I'm glad you reiterated that statement so that people will know why it's important to have that go bag and to put the, the, the important things in your bag and be ready to go. It's not if it happens. It's when it happens. Are you going to be ready? That's right. And you don't have time right. to go through no dirty clothes. You ain't got time to look for birth certificates. You ain't got time to look for passports. You ain't got time for none of that. If it ha- you got to be ready to go in 30 minutes or 10 minutes, you got to go. You don't have time, so just be ready. The clothes you have in your bag and what you have, your snacks, your medication, your, your passports, your birth certificates, have it already ready and some plastic bags in case it rains to be ready. So. I just wanted to put that out there. So I want to thank you all for sharing that again. That's right. But now <laughs> you got something going on down
2: yes.
5: there deep in the heart of Texas. Tell us tell do, listening do. audience what's going on in Texas. Yes. So hear ye, hear ye, those who are listening, I am Danielle X here in Dallas, Texas, and I want to share with you all a wonderful, powerful event coming up on August 27th. Um, here in Waxahachie is where it will be held at the Civic Center. It's an expo, a family empowerment expo. If you want to be a vendor, I am over the vending department. Uh, it's 125 to be a vendor. Whatever kind of entrepreneurship avenue you're in, your business networking, you can bring candles, you can promote your food, your baking skills, you can promote uh, lotions, facial cleansers, your mentoring program, whatever you do. Text me at 214-225-5201. I want to go ahead and get you started. If you don't need help with Eventbrite, you can go to www.eventbrite.com. Type in the event, the Family Empowerment Expo. It's going to be a yellowish color flyer pop-up. Go ahead, register. If you want to come through and check it out, we have a fashion show. We have a wonderful workshop. I myself am going to be doing a workshop on prevention and awareness, self-defense. If you're attacked for sex trafficking, if you're being grabbed by somebody, how would you be able to respond? So join me for my hour of workshop and other speakers who will going to come with a plethora of information. Again, go to www.eventbrite.com, type in the Family Empowerment Expo, vendors 125 one. 1- 25 to push your business out there. Show us what you're working with, right? If you want to bring your That's family, right. your children, we're going to we're gonna have a children uh, area, they're going to be painting and learning about gardening. It's so much that you don't want to miss the opportunity to be here. So, again, you can hit me up at Danielle X. My number is 214-225-5201, and I will be able to help you get on your journey to be a vendor at the XM. Yes.
2: Since give your give your
5: number again. Slowly. 214-225-5201. Two, two,
2: one, two, two, five,
5: five, two, one.
3: one more time. Two one four two two five five two zero one. Can we and what's
5: what's the date again, <laughs> sister
3: Danielle?
5: It's going to be on August twenty. 20- It's an all-day expo August 27th You can come all day You want to stop in for an hour or two That's good We have a fashion show We have workshops We have vending We'll have food We have everything that you need in that time So come join us
3: It'll be our pleasure I'm making my arrangements right now Get my wife on the line
5: that's, what know, I'm talking that's the about.
3: same time. That's the same time as the convention in uh, Connecticut. So I have an obligation there, but we are gonna make it happen. We are gonna send some people there and pass the word okay. around. All okay. the we, we got some, Contact, we
2: got
5: some cousins Danielle. down through there. We gonna send them through
2: to represent. And Kim,
5: right? They say they say kin folk down here. You got some kin folk that oh, you yeah, have Kim folk. oh boy, we got kin here. <laughs> yes. That's right. And, and then and I, brother I wanna real quick, Brother Rudolph, I wanna thank everybody yes. for tuning in and supporting the Silent Crimes Network. The Silent Crimes yes. Network is a is my, I'm a CEO of that organization. We bring knowledge to sex trafficking, human trafficking, organ harvesting, molestation and domestic abuse. So if you have mm. anyone who's being violated in any of those areas and needs someone to talk to, need some resources to be able to get out of an abusive relationship, I am here to be able to help you. Again, my phone number is 214-225-5201. If you want to be able to make a donation to the organization, you can cash at at dollar sign silent crimes, C-R-I-M-E-Z with a Z, silent crime. Simple, dollar sign silent crimes, make a donation as we help these women and men be able to get out of abusive relationships, pay for hotel stays, bus uh, tickets, or whatever it may be. But your funding, your donations, your help is greatly appreciated. And you said that's 214-225-5201. 5201. Got it. Yes, yes.
2: yes. Got it. All right, So Thank you. And your sister sends the greetings. She, lo- she loves you. He's I out there doing
5: I love her, too. Yes.
2: I know you do. And, and, and it won't be long. You'll see us. we come in, We coming to visit our kinfolk very shortly because we need to get <laughs> out what, of here.
5: That's what's up. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Y'all trying to come here. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. We well, you, love you, sis. Thank you again. Love
0: you,
5: too. You all have a wonderful evening. Be safe. Keep your eyes open and watch the six. Y'all have a good night.
2: Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You as
3: well. Thank you, Sister Danielle. Praise be to Allah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
2: Well, Brother you since since we're talking about that, since we're talking about what's going on, you know, uh, 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 let me say this. In Detroit, Michigan, right here where I am, right on tomorrow, there's going to be, a, okay. There's an MGT.
3: Brother, brother Rudolph, I don't know if it's me or just the technology. The last thing I heard was MGT.
2: Okay, it's going to be an MGT open house event. Sisters only. Yes, we're segregating, right? Because the nation can rise no higher than its woman. This is a Queen's, uplifting Queen's event. And we're not segregating in a negative way, but we're going to provide a free and safe space that our sisters can interact amongst each other and don't have to worry about being bombarded, don't have to worry about being abused, don't have to worry about being threatened by nobody because it's going to be... Protected by the FOI. So the MGT Open House event is going to be Queens Uplifting Queens, headpieces, hats, and wraps, And it's Saturday, July 9th, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. So, MGT? Open <laughs>
3: Again, Brother Rudolph, the last 10 seconds were cut off, beloved. I don't know if you're traveling, but you're in a dead spot, or maybe it could be my end. So we apologize, uh, brothers and sisters, for the technical difficulties.
2: Yeah. All right, what about now? Can you hear me now?
3: Loud and clear, sir.
2: Okay. Yes, it's going to be at Moss number one, 19 160 Evergreen Road, Detroit, Michigan. And that's right off 7 Mile, 7 Mile and Evergreen for those that are in the area. If you in Grand Rapids, you in Muskegon, you in Southfield, you in Flint, you in uh uh Saginaw, you you in uh um uh, uh Troy. You in, uh uh let's see, Wales. Wales. I said Flint. Yeah, so if you in any of those surrounding areas, then all roads lead to Detroit, Michigan, tomorrow for the MGT Open House from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Head wraps, hats, and headpieces. Queens, Uplift Queens. All right, I just had to throw that out there on behalf of my wife and the MGT in general but specifically here at Mars
3: Number 1. Brother Youssef. Uh, thank you, Brother Rudolph, for that wonderful announcement. Uh, brothers and sisters, I hope you heard that, <clears throat> particularly for the sisters, because it is an exclusive event for the queens there at Mars Number 1 in Detroit. We want to thank Sister Danielle X once again for giving the announcement of the Family Empowerment Expo that will take place August 27th of this year, you can contact her again at 214-225-5201. Again, Danielle X, 214-225-5201 pertains to uh, the Expo, Family Empowerment Expo, and as it pertains to her organization that deals with human sex trafficking, which is definitely a disaster in our community and surrounding communities. As has been said earlier, brothers and sisters, disaster has no uh, target audience, if you will, as it relates to nationality, ethnicity, sexual orientation. It takes no holidays off. It takes no time out, lunch breaks, holiday, you know. Disaster is real for all of us. And so word to the wise, the information that we give you, we're not just giving it to you because we like to talk between the hours of four and six Eastern Standard Time. We want for you what we want for ourselves. When Brother Rudolph started reading out of the most important book by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, The Fall of America. I know some of you might have said, well, what does that have to do with fire prevention? What does that have to do with exit drills in the home? Well, it really has everything to do with it because when disaster strikes and you're not prepared, it's too late to get prepared then. When disaster strikes and you are prepared, Part of your preparation has to do with you getting on your knees and submitting and asking God to save your life. Those who've been in disaster before, you know what I mean. And those who haven't been in disaster before, trust and believe, you'll know what I mean. And so the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad had a prayer that said, seek refuge in God from anxiety and grief from lack of strength and laziness, from cowardice and niggardliness from being overpowered by debt and the oppression of men. Dear Lord, suffice thou me with what is lawful to keep us away from that which is prohibited, and with thy grace make us free of want of what is beside thee. You'll know what I mean if you've ever been in disaster how important it is for us, because no matter whether you have a go bag or not, you're going to have to submit one way, willingly or unwillingly, trust and believe. You may not, as Brother Chief Washington said, understand what we're saying to you today, but you'll never be able to come back to Brother Rudolph and myself and say, why did you brothers tell us this is what we needed to do? the how-to. So when he read those words out of the Fall of America book, you know what it reminded me of. Y'all know I can't help myself as a student of lyrics. Yes, sir. In the church, Brother Rudolph's grandmother used to sing, way back in the Bible days, Noah told the people that it's going to rain. But what he told them, they paid him no mind. So when He left. They got left behind. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. You better get ready and bear this in mind. God showed Noah the rainbow sign. It won't be water, but fire next time. And so as we talk about fire prevention, evacuation plans, fire safety, family fire prevention, basic fire suppression, when Brother Rudolph identifies Sister Danielle as the (laughs) modern-day Harriet Tubman. It's the same thing. If you're talking about exit drills in the home, you got to first plan your escape. That's right. Then you got to have a family meeting. Right. And and then you got to have drills. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance, as the European military says.
5: Right. So in your go
3: bag, you have to have personal items, first aid kit, just things yeah. to consider. Sister right. Daniel Danielle said copies of your identification and important documents. Right. You might even want to consider equipment and tools, protective gear. Don't forget sanitation. Yeah. Communication. Clothing. Something to reduce stress and food. Now you're saying to yourself, "Do I have to carry all of that? No, but if everybody carries the essentials a little, then nobody has to carry a lot." That's right. Brother Rudolph said, "If you are a man of God, he's speaking to you first, man of God." Right. Then, then the wife or the woman in your family will guide the children properly. Everybody has to be able to lift their own go bag, even the children, right. backpack, put it on them. That's right. You see, these are some of the how-to. And don't forget, when you talk about evacuation on a mass scale, now here I'm in the southeast region of Virginia currently, but all up and down the east coast, you know, the hurricane Season is from June 1st to November 1st, generally speaking. But let's just say you had to evacuate. The route information is one of those things you need to have on hand and hope you never have to use it. Preparedness is essential for the safety of you and your family in the event catastrophic conditions occur. Paying attention to weather reports and road conditions is paramount. If an evacuation is ordered, leave as soon as possible due to traffic congestion and choose a destination in advance. State officials have designated evacuation routes established. If a mandatory order is given, evacuations would begin 48 hours ahead of a predicted Category 3 hurricane. So you have to check your Office of Emergency Management where you live. These are just some of the things to consider in terms of evacuation routes. If you look at the history of, let's just say, Superstorm Sandy, October, the end of October 2012, If you were in the New York, New Jersey area, when there was an order to evacuate, where's everybody going to (laughs) go? You got 8 to 10 million people in the metropolitan New York area, five boroughs, Long Island, Westchester, Rockland County. Where is everybody going to go? You better prepare your go-back. The eye of the storm of Hurricane Sandy hit Atlantic City, New Jersey. Right. Once the governor at that time gave the order to evacuate, where they going to go? It was too late. Atlantic City Expressway to Philly, the Garden State, where you going, north or south? The, uh, New Jersey Turnpike, where are you going, north or south? The Pennsylvania, where you going, west or east? You can't go any further east. <laughs> so these are just some of the things to consider, brothers and sisters, based on the actual facts, based on history. The time dictates the agenda, as we're taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And don't forget Hurricane Katrina. There are a considerable amount of people in the population of urban cities that won't have the means by which to communica- uh, uh, evacuate. Pardon me. So these are just some of the things to consider as we move toward the last 10 minutes of this week's program. I just wanted to share with you and kind of connect the dots of what has been said already regarding your go bag, the evacuation routes, planning your escape, the family meeting, and the drill. You know what they say in the right. well, You know the drill. You know the drill. Right. Well... <laughs> Know it as it, retain, as it uh, uh, pertains to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. and One other announcement I'm going to make, and I'm going to get out the way, brothers and sisters. In the uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency's Individual and Community Preparedness newsletter, otherwise known as FEMA. in this particular issue they issued this week, They also have ready tips that if you go to FEMA.gov, you can get. Um, You might want to consider also being a member of the community emergency response teams, otherwise known as CERT, C-E-R-T, teams and communities. Not, Not only should we be concerned about the elders and evacuation and family fire prevention, fire safety, as Brother Chief Dave Washington talked about in his upcoming presentation. What about our children? You see, we have to be concerned about them as well during disasters. Um, Go to your leadership in your community and ask them, what are you doing about disaster preparedness? Last week, we were honored to have Brother William Muhammad and talked about financial preparedness him specifically from an insurance point of view, but these are the things you need to consider and certainly updates as it relates to preparing for hurricanes and summer storms uh tornadoes you can go to uh fema f e m a dot gov and uh get more information on that so I just wanted to share that uh with brother rudolph and to our listening audience Yes sir So I'm going to get out the way Brother Rudolph I'm going to let you go ahead And you know Take us In the end Of course I'll, I'll bounce off of you As we have Eight more minutes left And brothers and sisters Look If you're in the studio If you have any questions Comments or concerns If you're listening Just press number one On your phone pad And you'll you'll be brought Into the studio The engineer We would love to entertain Whatever questions we can that you may have in these last few minutes We pray that you've enjoyed The program thus far More importantly, you've gotten information That you can use In the how-to For solutions as it relates to Disaster awareness for community Preparedness, Brother Rudolph
2: Yes sir, thank you Brother Yusuf. Excellent, beautiful Wonderful information And we're going to keep it going right And okay. listen, listen, y'all know the history Of us as a people, y'all know our history years or so, okay? Think about Tulsa, Oklahoma. In Tulsa, there are uh, different little townships like that that was thriving. Black businesses everywhere are uh, uh, owned and operated. uh The dollar circulating in the community, and everybody was able to live eat, and um, enjoy a good quality of life until our open enemy got upset about it and it was destroyed. Why? Because we failed to implement the security in it. So now we got to do it again, and this time we're going to have our military there so that it can protect our business. Remember, you can't have business if you can't protect it. So you if you talk about business, you got to have security. They go hand in hand. But let's just talk about this really quickly, really quickly. We're not going to go into this uh, a lot, but get your pen and paper ready. Here it is. If you are an entrepreneur, if you have a business, if you've been in business over 4 months, if you have your EIN number and you have a checking account for your business and you have at least a five fifty PIFO score, do you realize that you can get safe to work help business and help your family quality of life? Yes, your your economy can can grow astronomically if you understand the signs in the universe and you're willing to take advantage of those open windows that are there. So once again, 550 FICO score, been in business at least four months, have an EIN number, and have a checking account for your business. If you want, or if you need funding capital, uh, up to twenty five thousand dollars, same day or next day funding. Then what? The, what, what, brother Houston? But brother Houston, what the song says? Get at me dog. What what what, what DMX say? Get at me dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, well then you
2: better contact yes, brother sir. Rudolph so that I can plug you in so that you can make it rain for you and your family. All right? Now, you know you can reach Brother Rudolph at 347-870-0721. Yeah, I put my number out there, and I don't care who called me, because if I don't want to talk to you, I'm going to hang up on you. And if you call harassing me, I'll just block you. But if you're serious about trying to do something good for you, your family, and your community, then get at me, and I'll plug you in to who you need to talk to to take this to the next phase. Uh, And and we're going to stop it right there. Um, Sister, you on the line? Okay. All right. I I thought my sister was on the line. She's not on the line right now, but um, it's okay. I'm going to bring her on in another week or so. So she could talk about, so we talked about the go-bag. We talked about the evacuation drills in the home. We talked about fire prevention as well as fire safety, okay? We're talking about economic disasters now, because even with all of that we're talking, if you are not economically settled. You're still in a disaster, and you're in one of the worst kind of disasters because you don't even have what it takes to get what you need. And that's really the worst disaster to be in, knowing that you need something, but you can't afford it because of your economic state. And it doesn't have to be that way. So let's learn from those who know how to do it and learn from those who are doing it and let's all try every household should have some kind of business attached to it for the economy of your household. Yes, it's not the government's economy. Who cares about America's economy? It's about my economy, my economy, M-Y-E-C-O-N. My economy is what's most important, because if I can stabilize and balance my economy, then I can help you with your economy. If I can balance and stabilize my economy, then my children don't have to worry. My grandchildren don't have to worry, because I can put something away for them so they won't have to start all over again like we normally do every generation and wonder why. We can't seem to catch up and uh, uh, um, beat up with the others. Now, we know that they got a 400-year head start. We understand that, and that is what it is. But here's an opportunity for us to cut some of that gap. Let's make it happen, family. All right, and last thing, let me say this before we close out. COVID-19 is not dead, family. Moving is not gone. I know you've been locked down for two years and you just want to get out and breathe free. Don't be stupid. Ignorance can be combated with knowledge. Stupidity, there's no hope for it. And it's stupid to go out there willy-nilly thinking that just because you've been locked down for two years that now it's time for you to be able to go out and do what you want. You're not on your time. You are in God's time. And because this is a pestilence from heaven, you ain't got no say-so in when it goes away, if it goes away, how it goes. So you better be able to read the signs of heaven. You better be able to understand the time and what must be done. So when you're out there, you better be putting your mask on because COVID-19 is still claiming lives. COVID-19 is still alive and well, and as it mutates and takes on other forms, then it's going to be that worse for you because what you thought would help in the past may not help in the future. Now, there are regimens that you need to do, so you need to get your vitamin D. Get out there in the sun, away from everybody, and let the vitamin D synthesize in your body so that the melanin that's already in you that God put in you, can work for your defense. Eat the right food, the proper food at the proper time. Prepare the proper way. Inject, taken in in the proper mindset. How to eat to live, book one and book two. Get it and start reading it with your whole family. Take your vitamin C, your D3, your zinc, your Paximum, and your, uh, 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 I'm missing one, I'm missing one. Oh, man, I'm missing one. Ivermectin, right, the ivermectin. Yes, yeah. you need ivermectin. They, the, the medical establishment, the uh, professional medical community, they talk bad about ivermectin like they do black people. They talk down on ivermectin like they do black people. They disregarded it and said it wasn't nothing, tried to make it seem like it doesn't it, it, uh, it doesn't exist, that it's no benefit in it like they do black people. But, oh, Ivermectin came and hit a grand slam at the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded. Yes, Ivermectin is what you need, baby. So you better understand what you need, how to get what you need, and know where to go to get what you need. All right, Brother Yusuf. I'm a brother Yusuf. Back to you.
3: Thank you, Brother Rudolph. As we close out this week's program, brothers and sisters, we have enjoyed having you as we have enjoyed navigating through uh this week's program dealing with uh fire safety education disaster preparedness we want to thank our guests brother chief dave washington out of the dr carl holmes executive development institute and brother gary Tenney, the executive vice president of the international association of black professional firefighters you know so much that could be said but i want to say in this last statement when i opened up with the uh quote from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He came right out of the 24th chapter of Matthew where it talks about we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war. Well, what you think Russia and Ukraine is? We would be living in a time of pestilence. Well, what you think COVID-19 is? Famine. Well, I don't know what you know, but if you've seen the shelves on the, in the supermarkets, they're getting scarce and scarce and there will be a time of earthquakes in diverse places. Look, brothers and sisters, continue to be informed. Continue to access your disaster toolkit, your go bag. With technology today, there are apps out there where you can get information on preparedness, alerts, sheltering, and assistance information specifically tailored to your location. Brothers, I guess I can say it this way. Sisters, I guess I can say it this way using my poetic language, even with these few words shared by Brother Rudolph, our guest, and me, and we, I guess, is still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you for tuning in to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, and Lord willing, inshallah, we will see each other next week, same time, same station. We love you. Assalamu alaykum. Peace well, be unto you. Salam,